Welcome back to Real Voices of the Game. I'm Dave D'Agostino, joined here by our host and star of this show, Sal Marinello. This is the Hot Corner with Coach Sal, episode 434. Got a big day today. This is a, a pre-record for Friday. We're going to have five shows on Friday. Um, Sal's leading off here because he's got some, some great things to cover. But before we bring Sal on, just want to thank closing in on 65,000 subscribers. We're 40 away. A uh, big milestone for us. want to thank our new partner in marketing, Millions. They're going to be handling the influx of businesses wanting to work with us as sponsors, title, ad reads, etc. So if you're a business, I'll put Millions' as contact info in our show notes. Please reach out to them directly. They're doing a phenomenal job getting us started. Also, Jaw Bats, RVG at checkout. Capital RVG gets you a percentage off on your new maple bat. Jeff Fry used one down in spring training, or I'm sorry, fantasy camp. For the Red Sox, hit a double in his first at-bat. My son Tanner's using his lefty and righty. He's using the M110 model, loves it. Um, you can also get percentage off on any of their merchandise using our coats, RVG at checkout. Thank you to Sports Podcast Group and the Webbies, two separate groups. We've been we've been nominated for Baseball Podcast of the Year in both. Uh, whether or not we'll win is another story. We're just uh, honored to be honored uh, this early in our tenure. So thank you to those groups. And I think that's all of our announcements, Sal. With that, just welcome back to your show. Good to have you as always. And I know we hit some, we got some hard-hitting topics tonight. Yeah, I think um, there's too many major big-picture issues that need to be addressed before you can worry about, you know, the simpler things, which is, it's unfortunate, but you're looking at things happen. And a couple of things we talked about before the show, how, how is this? allowed to happen? How are we at a point where a 50-year-old guy is being allowed to swim against 13-year-old girls and police are there to actually make sure that that 50-year-old guy can change in the locker room with the 13-year-old girls? So it's not insane enough that that's allowed where that guy is going to swim against 13-year-old girls. He's a 50-year-old male. But he is also then allowed to change in the locker room. And they, the 13-year-old girls have to make accommodations uh, to allow that 50-year-old guy. It's not – again, it's bad enough that they're in the pool together. I don't know any other reality where – forget about even the genders, where you're going to have a 50-year-old competing against a 13-year-old. Maybe chess, you could see that. But uh, aside from that – this is uh, insanity level stuff we're seeing. Yeah, but yeah, you can't even use chess. Chess is, uh, and I did say, I saw it on Charlie Kirk, and then I saw you forwarded it to me as well. If, I mean, chess, you you know what you're signing up for because you have a you have a grade, you have a score. No, yeah, right I know. It's it's a, there's a, um, but the, the, I mean, there's a lot to unpack here. I, I don't think we should brush over this at all. The uh, first, the changing in the locker room. Um, that's obscene. I mean, that there's no even, not even any argument. I can't even, there's no, there's no world that I could live in that I could justify uh, being a parent in that situation and allowing my child to first forget the competition part. They got to change for the event. We're accommodating the, the wrong side uh, here. So, but that, that, there was no bones about that, right? They were, they were forced to change. We, we saw the, the kid from Kentucky have to do that too. Yeah, but that, again, you're, for again, it's a sliding scale of insanity where you have to even engage in that conversation that a guy can decide to make that switch and it's allowed. And I've, well, we'll talk about the other things later, but I, I, I think there's something wrong with parents that would allow that to happen and to allow that kid their own daughter to swim in that race. I would think parents have to say, we're not going to, we're not going to include our kids in this and, and have them exposed literally to this uh, insanity and this ability of someone with a mental illness being allowed to impose their will to the point where the authorities are allowing this to happen. The, there's no security to prevent a male walking into a female locker room. If this was in normal times, person would be arrested just for entering a female locker room, uh, especially one that was populated with 13 year old girls. So 
we I, I hate to say it, Dave, but you start to think you've passed the point of no return with some of this stuff. There's there's no set of circumstances. I'm a dad of two daughters. Our audience knows that. There is no set of circumstances that I would allow that to happen. I you, there, there's nothing around that, I, and I'm I think I'm pretty uh, good at putting a subject in the middle and walking around it. There's there's no set of circumstances that my young daughters would ever deal with that that I would allow that to happen. Um, I'm all about adversity. I'm all about challenging them, testing them. But my daughters are not a social experiment, you know, for, for others to live out, whatever. Hey, if that person wants to identify whatever they want to identify, that's fantastic for them. But, but I don't have to live in that world. I don't have to, to do that with them. And certainly I'm not going to ask my daughters to, I can't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm disappointed in the event. I'm disappointed in the parents of those kids. I don't even know them. So I don't have any expectations for them. And I'm still disappointed. Um, that that's just uh, that that is. Uh, there's no words I can put. You, I mean, I know you said it, it's crazy, insane. I, I mean, it's it's beyond that. Well, and it's, I was I was watching another uh, roundtable discussion with twenty-ish year old women who were being asked by the moderator to define what woman is and what and he his his I think it might have been Charlie Kirk again and he he said something along the lines of you can't use woman in the definition and regardless of what their answers were they were all defending this ridiculous move to let men compete as women and some of these women went so far as to say a woman was anyone who identifies as such and displays social and cultural habits or tendencies that were tra- were traditionally, and again, they couldn't use the word woman, traditionally ascribed to feminism. They used feminism in place of woman. And my thought was how little self-esteem and how little uh, concern for themselves these women have that they've been allowed to think think this, or they've been taught to think this, to put themselves in a subservient role. I don't know a guy, a normal man, a normal male, anyone in my travels who are across the political spectrum from left to right. My liberal clients feel the same way, male, female, liberal, conservative, whatever you want to label, they all feel that this is ludicrous. So the, the scary thing is this is being done behind the backs of parents and these kids are being taught this to the point of they're, I guess you could say they're not voting per se, but their position is against their own, own self-interest. How can every woman in the world who has had to struggle and has had to overcome odds allow some guy who obviously is got mental illness to step in and take not only compete against them, but then to take the place of other deserving women. And then to go so far as to say that anybody could be a woman if they just identify and say the right things and act a certain way. That in my opinion, when you see these men who are saying they're women, they act in a way that is completely unflattering to women, that usually would be reserved for parody. The great example of that is that the the Dylan character who brought Bud Light down, I don't know a woman who acts like that guy. I've had 60 years plus experience on this earth. Women don't act like that. That is a parody of a woman. And the fact that people allow that just shows you how topsy-turvy things are. Yeah, I mean, I have, I can't even get past the whole locker room changing, but moving to the competition piece, like you're talking about the, and then the the the, the, the behavior that they're, like the parody, I, well, two things on the competition part. One, it's not a good sports plan, uh, second phase plan, retirement plan. If you're a mediocre to bad male athlete. Becoming a female athlete is not a good plan. That's not, that shouldn't be your next course of action. Um, I, I just, uh, it, it's, 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 in, 
I don't well, we've used the word overuse the word, but that should not be allowed at all. And then now we're just not talking about a man. We're talking about a 50 year old man. Um, how, again, going back to the parents, how on earth do they allow that to happen first? And then what do they say to their kids? How do they justify that to their children? Cause you know, we all deal with winning and losing when in normal sense, that's a challenge working hard, disappointment, mistakes. I mean, wh- how do you throw that variable into And why should you have to, why should you have to, again, I, uh, th- these kids should not be a social experiment for somebody. And then the, the, uh, the, the, the disappearance or if this, and I, I think it's going to stop, I mean, this stuff's getting ludicrous, but if the, the, the Riley Gaines from Kentucky stood up, all applause to her. I'm glad she stood up. She took some hits, but she's not stopping. And of course now people are seeing, you know, as if they, I guess if they didn't early on that she's in her rights. I mean, she, she won uh, a national level award that she should have rightfully had. And they made her give it to the, the, uh, the swimmer that was transitioning and uh, because they thought it was a better promotional deal. And that's just like, this is one of your nationally recognized decorated swimmers. And eventually, if they if they allow this to continue, we are not going to have female sports. As a dad of two daughters, as a husband of a wife who played Division One college basketball, as somebody who's coached women at the collegiate level, um, it's it concerns me that it's gotten this far where we could see if it, if it goes further, the disappearance of women's women as a I guess as a sports designation. That would be uh, that that would be too bad. But as you said. Why aren't the women battling this? Why aren't they up? Why, why are you and I talking about this? Well, and I've seen, again, Martina Navratilova has come out against it. But she's been the lone wolf, the lone voice in the woods. And to me, it's indicative of this mass psychosis. Is that Would that be the right word, the right phrase? That people are under the sway of this or they're so afraid to speak out Again, which is why parents let their kids go into that locker room. And rather than say, this is insanity or hanging up towels. I mean, where else would that be the logical solution or the reasonable solution given this set of circumstances? So to me, I think there is, I think people are comfortable and they're afraid and they're cowardly when it comes to this stuff. Uh, We talked about this off air and it's something we're going to bring into the conversation here people's heads are filled with garbage thanks to social media and thanks to the efforts of what's left of the legacy media to maintain relevancy we're more worried about the nonsense with taylor swift and jason kelsey than we are with stuff like this so we have this bombardment of that garbage with the nonsense about Taylor Swift's image and her effect on the marketing and the stuff that Kelsey is doing with Pfizer. And we have all these other nonsensical stories about celebrities that our heads are so people's heads are so full of that. They don't have time or the bandwidth or the inclination to actually understand and think about these complex issues. Dave, I'm shocked when I bring up some of the issues we've talked about here with the food supply. When I bring that up to clients of mine that I know and I know are intelligent and are interested in in, in society and how things are going, and yet they haven't heard of it, haven't thought of it, don't think it's actually something that would happen when it's being laid out in front of us that it's going to happen. And I, I'm trying to think always about how come people don't get it. And I really think, again, it's that people are happy with the nonsense. They're happy with, they can stream whatever they want. They have their phones. They can have the social media input and social media exposure. And it's constantly giving them garbage. So their head's so full, they don't have the ability to deal with the real issues. Yeah, there's awful lot of distractions. It keeps, that's how, you know, people have their, their ADD satisfied by, you know, whatever social medium they're clicking back and forth from heads on their phones, iPads, 
and then you know the whatever I, and i don't watch the tv anymore because it's all the same but even the sports are that way as well they the, the food the food supply i mean all people have to do is go to the grocery store and see how expensive food is getting uh i know family is six my i mean my my grocery bills we're smart with how we do it and at in the beginning and we're talking when this stuff started a couple of years, I mean, it's been going on for a couple of years. It's not like it's just happened yesterday with the food supply. I mean, our, our grocery bill quadrupled with that stuff. And we had to start doing things like, you know, we've talked about grow, grow some of our own food, um, work with neighbors in terms of, you know, doing, being, being really take, having some self-care, being self-sufficient. Um, yeah. Anybody that's got their head in the sand that <laughs> I'm kind of, we're in two different parts of the country. So it's, to, to down, if, if you were down with me, you'd have a whole different experience with talking to people. They're very aware of what's going on. And it's, uh, and if you're not aware and you're not preparing for it, you're, you're going to be in, you know, if you, if you haven't been suffering with the price of foods, you know, we're one, one bad, one bad week away from, uh, feeling it. So, well, uh, and, and you have to ask yourself, why is the crappy food that is overprocessed that involves a lot more, steps and ingredients that's more expensive that's cheaper i'm sorry that's less expensive than the food that's better for you so on one hand now i know the price of eggs and all that stuff has gone up but your your bang for the buck is still better with real food go buy a can of sardines go buy a um a a steak for for as expensive as it as it is it's certainly better for you than the alternative, but it's still relatively a value because it's you, it's giving you everything you need in that one serving. And we could have our vegan and our uninformed members of the audience and society shout you down, but there's really a lot, not really, there's a ton of evidence and, and it's coming out despite everything else that's being done from the agenda standpoint, there's an abundance and overabundance of data that shows that there's no negative correlations between saturated fat and our health or consumption of saturated fat and our health. As a matter of fact, if anything, there's positive correlations between that there's positive outcomes. So, um, and again, it goes back to what we've talked about. We need more people to care about that. So, there's pushback. We are not eating bugs and we're not eating fake meat. Despite all their best efforts, the Beyond Meat companies are either at, you know, and the Beyond Meat and or Beyond Beef and similar products, they're all losing money. Those are all money losing propositions. Nobody wants it. I told you, I know a couple of, I know someone who has a restaurant who's involved in a restaurant association that says they keep it on the menu because it's cheaper to keep the menu than to have to go print a new menu. No one wants it. If anyone asks for it anymore on the odd occasion, they just say they're out. So that's the easier solution. That's the real solution. And I don't want to get into the electric car argument, but it's the same thing with that. We've seen over the last couple of months, the real truth behind the electric vehicle movement, it's, there's no demand for it. So despite the fact that it's being forced at us, no one's buying them and they're proving to be totally ineffective and inefficient, especially in the face of severe weather, especially cold weather. So again, we, Dave, how many instances can we point to of where quote the experts not only have been wrong, but have been 180 degrees from wrong, uh, 180 degrees wrong from what's, what's, what's truthful. And we could point to a million things right now. Yeah, we, 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 I mean, we've, we've done we've done a pretty good job thus far of hitting, hitting some real high points and, and getting deep into some major topics that should be bothering lots of people out there. But the, the food, the bad food's been it's always been cheaper than the good food. But there's there's a bigger gap now than ever before. We, we've had experiences with each of my coaching stops where we try to give back. We've got uh, different shelters, different uh different groups and families, whether it's clothing stores, anything where we can help people that are struggling, we've always got involved with because we're, again, we're all, we, we all could be there in a second. So we, we always try to give back to, to community. But that's one of the questions I always ask um, people that are struggling 
with income, why would you choose the bag of whatever, the, 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 the bad food over the, you know, as you said, sardines or, and I said, again, we could get six, we get six bags of that or six cheeseburgers, you know, at, at this for 99 cents a piece, instead of buying the good stuff, we just, we, it's a, it's a, it's a price point thing. So it ends up being the people that are struggling financially end up you know, becoming unhealthy and starts this vicious circle of uh, healthcare. We talk about healthcare and, you know, nutrition and diet and exercise. It, it, it becomes a cycle that goes on generationally. So, um, sorry to, to kind of no, that regard. But again, we're, we're at a point, Dave, and we've talked about this forever, that you can no longer do anything without politics being injected into this. And we're, we're talking about these things because <clears throat> the food supply is probably as important as anything else that we have going on today. And we're getting a constant drumbeat of not just disinformation and misinformation, but outright falsehoods. And the campaign to do to, to, to promote these falsehoods is so transparent by, again, some of the mainstream, quote, or legacy media. Mainstream is, I think, not even the term. I think legacy media. And, and by that, people mean these outlets that are around just by the uh, the number of years. And, and I think we have online services that are, this, are, are in that similar position to the point where they, there was articles that were promoted about growing your own food has a larger carbon footprint than using commercial food production methods, which, again, who who believes that when there is this movement? And we know that the, the, the farming and the natural farming process is what replenishes the earth and what replenishes the soil and allows for a healthy agricultural environment. It's really amazing the lengths that those who are driven by agenda will go to, to gaslight us and to tell us things that are flat out wrong. There were articles that we're eating too much protein. There, there is absolutely a enough. There's no, there's no such thing by the way. And there is on top of that, we are eating not enough protein, which is why we have a litany of health problems in the country from short, shortened lifespan, obviously type two diabetes and obesity and, uh, and the like. So it's, it's really amazing to see. And I'm hoping we can make enough of a difference. So enough people can start to push back. Yeah. And on the protein note, I know you sent me something uh, people are pushing fire, more fiber over protein. The, the part that I, I wouldn't mind if you expound upon a little bit is that you said most people are getting way too little protein. I've become much more conscious of how much protein I'm taking in, in terms of uh, eating more protein since you and I have known each other. But, uh, one of the misnomers people have out there revolves around plant protein. It's, it's, it's far inferior, correct? It's not yeah, it, it, it has to be uh, there's it has to be processed and the process of processing it adds chemicals and solvents and things that make it way less healthy and way less efficient to produce. Pea protein is fake. That's fake protein. Yet you could call it protein any way you want. It's fake and it's not it's not effective and it certainly pales in comparison to the animal proteins out there. And when you look at, again, look at the ingredients, look what you have to do to make soy, which is an industrial waste product and has a whole host of negative side effects from eat, from consuming it. it. Along with canola oil, we've talked about that, the solvents that they need to use to make that edible in quotes is way more damaging to the body than any of the potential benefits could be. And we know that, that we know the, I'm not going to get back into that uh, maze of discussion about the negatives of seed oils. There's plenty of places to look into. Vegetable oil and seed oils are not the path. As a matter of fact, they're the beginning of many of the problems that we have today. And in that, in that study we're talking about, 
uh, I'm fingers from the UK. How they're claiming that proteins make us sick. What? It's not true. I don't believe it for a second. But what? What are they saying? Like, what am I missing? What are they saying? We know it's not true. But what? What are they? What are they saying that our people can pay attention to, so they don't fall into that trap when they're being duped? Well, there really is. It's this. I don't know what whether it's the proper phrase is circuitous logic where they're using they're starting or they're or it's they're starting from a false premise and they're it's like not, proving a negative. What's that? Proving a negative. Like, yeah, there 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 is no again there's no data that supports that position. So when you again look at some of the quote studies that have promoted to 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 again quote, prove that eating meat is bad for you. You go back to that recent Harvard study that included fast food and lasagna and other non-meat foods as in the batch of foods that people ate that made you sick. If you're including lasagna and fast food in the bucket of information that includes steak and pork and bacon and chicken, you're polluting that data pool, so the, the it becomes meaningless. That that's what all of these operations do. They try to make the case again, like everything wrecks the environment. They have no idea. There, that's just it's like it's like playing the race card. You, it's like the the old joke about the question: Have you stopped beating your wife? There's no good way to answer that question. They start from a position that's false, and they just proceed down a path of a logic. So when you come back and come at with come back to them with the facts that well there are no studies that prove that, they can come up with again a flawed study or an epidemiological study which is not really science to 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 try to make their point. Where's the study and and I don't even think we have to do a study on it. There they have no there's no problems putting out things like we're talking about that meat make you sick, protein make you sick. Where's the big study headline that says eating processed junk food causes illness, death, sickness, however you want to say it? Well, you've gotten studies that come out and have said that the processed food is not part of our problem. It's not it's not a, a cause of our problem. And we talked about the concept of agency capture and institutional capture where uh, res- formerly respected organizations like, the, I believe it was the Tufts, I don't know if it was a tough school of nutrition or some medic medically associated uh, operation out of Tufts. They get their funding from big food. So they're just as bad as the FDA and the CDC that get their funding from big pharma and big food. So it's it's the concept of agency and institutional and institution capture. And if you look at how these grants are being given, and if you listen to the experts in the field who have said, you can't get a paper published, never mind get a paper published, you can't get funding that's going to look at an issue that could prove unfavorable unfavorable to big pharma or to big food. And there was a podcast I listened to this week on, uh, it was either Russell Brand or Tucker Carlson about, there are these studies that have been done looking at the anti-depression drugs and their effectiveness. And what we're finding is the same thing we found out about the vaccine and about some of these other pharmaceuticals that have been pushed on us. The big pharma hid the negative and 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 constructed the study, uh, hid the negatives with regard to these pharmaceutical items and, and hid the negatives and promoted the negatives and, or, or I'm sorry, and constructed the study in such a way to guarantee a negative outcome with say the natural or over the counter remedy. And in this, um, SS, uh, selective serotonin receptor inhibitors, SSRIs, which they use for anti-depression as, and they studied them against the, uh, um, non-pharmaceutical remedies 
they used such high level. I believe they used some um, hallucinogens to, which are being are, are very popular now. They're being studied for not recreational drug use, but for actually medicinal purposes. What they did was used a level of these non-pharmaceutical substances that was guaranteed to create toxicity in the patients, not a, a level that they needed to take, which was exponentially lower amounts, which would not have resulted in toxicity. And some of the very same negatives they ascribed to these or assigned to these for uh, uh, hallucinogen, hallucinogenic uh, substances were actually what they found came from using the prescription SSRIs. So it's it, the, the whole process is corrupt and been corrupted by the uh, institutes or I'm sorry, by the businesses that fund these institutes. Yeah, it's 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 a never ending cycle. I mean, it's it seems like the same pattern, whether you're going from, I guess, the, the same manipulation, whether you're going from, you know, the swimming that we talked about, the protein to, I, you, you got me thinking now, I, I forgot to mention this to you this week. I've been taking a strong look at cholesterol, not my cholesterol. I've never got, I've never got my cholesterol checked, not once. If you gave me a number, I couldn't even tell you it was high, low, indifferent. I don't know what it means. I just don't care. Um, but we've talked about cholesterol and people's obsession with it. So I started looking at it and putting notes aside and whatnot. Um, I'd love to share with you. See, see if I'm on the right path here, and get your get your professional thoughts. Yeah. I, I, our liver produces eighty percent of the cholesterol in our body. So, and this is a rhetorical question, but you, you can answer. Why would we think that um, it's bad for your health if our body is making that much? cholesterol. It's such a concept in our, our society, cholesterol bad, cholesterol bad. Um, it, it seems to be a, a key component to our body makeup. It is. It, I didn't know that until you brought, I didn't even care about, I didn't even think about it, but I always see people, I see long lines at the mall when I used to go to malls, people getting free cholesterol checks. And when you brought it up, I'm like, yeah, this is, I, I've never given it thought. I don't know why, maybe because I've, I've been fortunate enough to be in, I've taken, uh, hold of my health and whatnot since I've been a kid. But when I did the research on it, that makes 80% of the cholesterol is made by our body. So like, how could it be bad? Well, it's not in our, our body or every cell in the body needs cholesterol or else we're going to die. That's why when you look at some of the studies that have been done, low, lower cholesterol levels has a, a, an associated higher risk of death or cause mortality, which is at the end of the day, what we're looking at, we're looking at a, in addition to that, that brings up, well, let's not get sidetracked with the vaccines and uh, the increase in, in, um, in deaths, astronomical deaths, sudden deaths. But you were right, Dave, we, our body requires cholesterol. And what happens is if you're not getting enough in, your body is going to produce more to get it to where it needs to be. There's a, a feedback loop in our bodies that we can manufacturer manufacture substances that are vital to our existence and cholesterol is one of them yeah. so um only you know only about 20 percent of of our cholesterol is that's in our bloodstream comes from food the rest our body makes and if you don't eat enough your body's going to make more to make sure we have the cholesterol we need to survive and thrive and there was these other studies that came out just recently that showed that people who were healthy and lean that ate Oreos had lowered their LDL cholesterols more than they would lower them from statins. Now there's some complex metabolic function that goes there, but it just goes to show you that there's a hundred different ways the body responds to things. And people think that they can fix quote, fix things by giving them the pill or giving them the drug and which is what we've talked about, why Ozempic and these drugs that are going to um, be used to try to combat fat obesity are going to fail because we're addressing symptoms, not causes. Yeah, I, I, I was in shock because 
I've never heard cholesterol in a positive uh, light. And I even, as I'm researching it, and I've never, again, I've never cared about it. I never paid attention to it. So I didn't have an opinion on it at all. But I would say of the, just, I'd kind of throw it out there just to see. I don't know that I had a single person that I chatted with that had a positive spin on cholesterol. And, and the, the, the one fact that I keep, I kept coming back to me is that when you look at it, it's so heavily involved in your immune system. It's heavily involved in inflammation. It's heavily involved in tissue repair after injuries. So as athletes, like we were involved with athletes, um, I mean, cholesterol is, is a, is a huge component to keeping you healthy, but it's seen as almost like the criminal, like it's, it's doing, it's doing bad. And, you know, I'm not saying cholesterol is, uh, is not, it's, it can become a part of the problem when there's, when there's too much damage to your body and, and, and it all builds up and, in a plaque, but cholesterol is never the cause. Well, and you bring that plaque uh, issue up. That's another thing that really is hypothesized and really hasn't been proven. And we talked about it way back. Uh, Dr. Malcolm Kendrick has written a book, has written a series of books, and he, he has a newsletter that has basically debunked this cholesterol myth. And there was a time, Dave, that there was the path that was being explored was that blood clotting that blood clots that um, formed in the, in the bloodstream that then adhered to the wall of your arteries um, are what caused these plaque buildup. And when they examine the plaque, there's a whole complex process by which they examine this plaque that, hypothesis was one that was being followed by most of the drug companies until I believe it, I forget the drug company bought another drug company that was producing statins that were going on the cholesterol model that has totally obliterated that field of research. And the interesting thing is people that Dr. Kendrick brings this up, how come there's no plaque buildup in veins? No one's ever been able to explain why if cholesterol is responsible for this plaque buildup, why isn't it seen in, in, the, in the venous system? Why is it just in the arterial system? And it's, again, well beyond the scope of our discussion right here. But again, this is where we talk about you have to do your own research. I recommend everybody read Dr. Malcolm Kendrick and you come to your own conclusion. I know I've come to mind when you when you read how he details the story. He tells the story. It's a story about how there were two competing paths and the one path was obliterated by the money and the marketing and the profits and the vision of the one type of drug over the other that it has nothing to do with about uh, very little to do with our health and more to do about drug company profits. Yeah. Um, kind of going back to, we were talking about, about food, uh, the food supply. We, we, we talk about meat and the misnomers that are out there with meat. Meat's been, I mean, it's been accused of causing cancer, diabetes, heart disease, chronic inflammation, hypertension, gout. I mean, you name it. We've been eating meat since the beginning of time. Like, right. What's, uh, what, what gives there? I mean, like, I, obviously I know it's a, they're, they're, they're trying to, it's a scare tactic, but, uh, how, how do, how do they get away with that? Uh, Well, how do you get away with being told that the economy is good when you and I both know, when you look at your pocket at the end of the month, it's not good. You know, when gas is twice what it was, eggs are ridiculous, milk is ridiculous, your your basic supplies, health insurance, everything's gone up, but we're being told we're just too stupid to know. We're being lied to every day. We were lied to during COVID. We know now every day something else comes out about COVID, whether it was social distancing was a made-up uh, concept that had no basis in fact. We were lied to about the efficacy of the vaccines. We were lied to about the vaccines were tested. We were lied to about 
Low fat was better than fat. So it's just another lie, Dave. I don't you know, we're, we're being told that a guy, a 50 year old guy could swim against 13 year old girls. And we're the ones that have the problem. And we're accepting that it's, it's ludicrous. And again, I don't want to get into this political hornet's nest, but we have to we have to have three service members die in a foreign country protecting their border when our border is wide open and people are allowed to come through without regard for anything. So it's just this whole series of lie and uh, lies, and it all ties in, Dave, because who's lying to us? It's the people that are attempting to govern or, you know, I'm saying govern and control. It's really control us. So sorry to sound, well, again, I'm not going to say that. People want to say that's a conspiracy theory, but there's really nothing negative about a conspiracy because conspiracy is a crime. You can be charged with conspiracy on a, uh, for a number of things. That just means there's an active movement or an active uh way to try to get something done and i think we're seeing it right before our eyes so it, it's occam's razor it's there we're just being lied to yeah i i uh when you know when we we cook we talked about you, the use of butter and how that phase of margarine came into our worlds probably when we were kids right when that, that was pushed on on us that margarine is better but if people t- talk to that i know you mentioned canola oil a couple times you know, just kind of in passing and, and you don't want to go down that, but I mean, people eat out a lot. We have, uh, you know, all these different, it's easier now, forget the drive-through. Now people will bring the drive-through to you. You got Uber Eats and all these, you know, different food places that'll bring it. Now there are healthy places to eat, but when people eat fast food, I mean, just walk down your grocery aisle, right? Like, like you say, walk down those chips and look on the ingredients. Takeout food is lots of oil, lots of reused vegetable oil sunflower, vegetable, canola. I mean, that, 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 remind the audience of the damage. Well, it's just, again, those are seed oils. They're replacing seed oil and vegetable oils have replaced healthy oils. And you look at, you can't buy a mayonnaise that's not the super, super expensive mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is, should be olive oil or olive, uh, avocado oil, egg, a little salt, a little vinegar. You go look at, the jar of your favorite mass produced and there's a soybean oil. There is canola oil. This, again, soy, soy is not meant for consumption. It's not good for you. It's again, another gaslighting great moments in gaslighting that soy is a food. You'll still hear people talk about, Oh, I should have something healthy like soy. That's like saying, Oh, I should have something healthy, like going and eating gravel from this, from the roadside. So we've, been so conditioned, we're reflective, reflexively conditioned that someone sees a steak and they think you better go see, you know, your heart, your, uh, your cardiologist. So it, it's, it's, it's kind of a bad spot we're in. And again, it's from this, this uh, programming we've received from advertising, from big food, from pharmaceuticals and, and the like. So mayonnaise is, is a simple four ingredient thing. Vegetable oil is not good. Uh, canola oil, highly processed. They use industrial solvents in the pr- in the processing of it. So, how can they make the case that we should be eating that over a, a cold pressed, unfiltered olive oil? Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned soy. Now I read an article, and 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 I, you know I didn't read deep enough, so maybe it's wrong, but it was in Japan where they were feeding soy to their catfish. And the male catfish that ate the an abundance of soy would slowly become female catfish. Did you do you, do you recall anything? Well, like- I know I know there's a high uh, amount of estrogen uh, that can not can that comes in, could be put into the into your system from eating soy. So you know, and we're not again that's a negative, but we're not catfish. It's just like when they use these experiments with mice they they don't have the same metabolism they don't have the same biological functions that we do there's ways they manipulate mice to make outcomes a certain way they're they can make, they don't tell you if the mice are in a cold temperature or in a warm temperature which can 
affect the outcome of the study either way. There's a great, a famous study, I believe they did with rabbits and eating meat. Well, rabbits don't eat meat or, you know, they tried to show how cholesterol levels were raised by eating certain foods, but they were using animals that didn't eat meat. I don't believe, I don't, if I'm right, if it's not rabbits, the, the thing to remember is they were using a breed or an, or an animal that didn't eat meat. So when they ate meat, of course, their numbers were going to skew in a certain direction. And they can do all these things to make these studies outcome what they want. And to the average person, you and I, we don't know the little tricks. And they might not even mention that. Or if they did, who would pay attention to the ambient temperature in the room when mice were being feeded we're being fed X, Y, Z. So it's, it, and when you listen to people who are in that business, I've listened to a lot of podcasts again, that say the game with these papers that are being, or these studies that are being done and the papers that are being produced from them, you're not even getting the full effect or you're not even getting the full information in these papers. So we're, we're in a big, bad way, Dave. We really are. Yeah. Now we we went through we've gone through this over you know if you go back in history things like this happen 1800s industrial revolution uh you know people started pulling kids away from from fat, animal fats with eating and saw an, uh and again not a doctor saw things like rickets where you're dealing with bone density take up eating meat I don't want to seem too elementary again because I'm not a doctor but Eating meat helps things like that bone density. I'm not saying it cured rickets, but um, we've seen this in our past before where you become frail as humans. Humans evolutionary becomes smaller. Um, and, and I often wonder if that's what's what's going on right now. Well, rickets is from not getting, uh, not getting vitamin D. So that could be sunlight that's not having the proper, you know, not getting dairy, not getting meat. I mean, those are all... Those are all obvious result, uh, obvious sources of it. So that tells you right there. That's why, you know, in a lot of countries, Dave, it's illegal to feed babies formula that are made with soy. So because we've we've seen and I think I forwarded you a study that soy formulas result in a failure to thrive because there's not enough fat. There's not the proper uh, nutritional pro, uh, profile. Again, soy is not meant to be eaten. Yeah. And vitamin D, as you mentioned, that's the deficiency. You need that for bone growth. Yeah. You need that for overall health. A, D, E, and K are, are four of the, of the most important vitamins. You, you could look at them, look them up on your own, but you got to make sure you're getting the appropriate amounts of those vitamins. Yeah. Well, we we took the audience through a, a number of topics today. Where, where do, what do you want to hit to next, or did we give them enough today? What do you got left over? Uh, I think we're, we were, pr- were pretty heavy today. Again, it just falls under the banner of be your own expert. Uh, I'm hoping we get people that can understand, or not understand, that want to understand more. I, underst- I know that people want to know these things. Sometimes they get overwhelmed, and you have to kind of fail a little bit, just like in any other process, you have to do your own research, get confused, try to figure it out, try to find reliable sources of information that can help you through the journey. We're, I think, looking at us, we're a stepping off point, And I think we also give people some good direction. I, I think a big thing I would recommend, I've, I've recommended this before, look up Dr. Malcolm Kendrick. He has a very minimal social profile, a social media profile. He, he his um, his entry was actually taken off of Wikipedia. So to me, that proves that uh, he's a source to be considered and listened to. Uh, one of the other revelations, Dave, is uh, I've been listening to, uh, and I, this is the last thing I'm going to say is I recommend people listen to Russell Brand's podcast. Russell Brand for people who may not know, was a very famous comedian, actor who lived that 
life of excess that he's very open about and he, he's talked about and he realized the problems that it created and how unfulfilling it was. And he's a person that's a danger to the establishment because he was the product and part of the process of this environment that we're trying to fight back against. And he saw what it was doing to him. And he is now seeing how the machine, so to speak, is being used against him as he tries to do what we're doing. He has millions and millions of followers, but he's trying to get people to, as he says, wake up and push back. So that's what we're trying to do. So I would say leave everyone with check out Dr. Malcolm Kendrick and listen to Russell Brand's podcast. It comes out every day. It's usually very short and concise. He has a very intelligent but clear-cut way of describing things, and he, he has a great sense of humor. So that's how I'm leaving it today. And I think that's good. We get some people, some places to look to, but Instagram too. Food Lies is, is, is a favorite of yours, right? Yeah. Food and Lies, would- Dr. Sean Baker, he is the uh, big um, – not keto diet, carnivore diet proponent. He's he's out there, and well, I don't mean out there like out there crazy. I mean putting himself out there and really putting his foot in the ground and saying eating meat is the best thing that you can do. So uh, he, that's another. He's another great source. And it, what's doc, is it, Doctor James D. Nicotolino? Am I saying that right? Uh, I, I follow him a little bit, but yeah, I don't see as much from him, but uh, food lie there's uh again, those are, and, and carnivore bear, I believe is another one. So yeah, do your research. Don't let people tell you how you feel. Don't let labels fool you. Um, you know, and, uh, again, self-care, self-custody, self-discipline, self-reliance, self-teach. Those are the things I try to promote with our kids here and that we talk about on all of our podcasts, whether it's baseball, health, nutrition, or otherwise. So Sal, thanks for staying late tonight and recording one for the morning. We appreciate what you do. Um, and thanks to our audience. Should be 65000 with with Coach Sal's podcast here. Appreciate the two nominations for the awards. Jaw Bats, use RVG at checkout and get yourself a discount. Great Maple Bats. And then uh, for our partner, Millions, appreciate what you're doing. You're taking an awful lot of load off us. We got, we got big quick. And now we get, we're figuring out what to do with it, but we appreciate you guys helping us and guiding us with the sponsorship. So, Sal, thanks so much. The Hot Corner with Coach Sal, episode 434. Thanks, Sal. Thanks, Dave. See you next week.